The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gagillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig for details. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. I read that a man's wife's laughter is one of the most it sounds that lights up the brain the most. Really? I mean, I'm making it up, but, you know, I hear a lot of science in my head, <laughs> and that's one of the latest studies to come out. In your head? Yeah. Oh. Well, can I ask you a question? Uh, I, yeah, I can give you an answer. Most people say in an ideal mate, yeah. you know, they want someone with a good sense of humor. Right. And a lot of people have pointed out in the past few years that when women say it, they mean, I want a man who makes me laugh. Okay. And when men say it, they mean, I want a woman who laughs at my jokes. Right. Not that they want a woman who makes them laugh. Yeah, 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 yeah. And in fact, some women say if they are too funny, men will break up with them. I have heard this. And so I just want, I mean, you know, I like to think I'm pretty funny. And that that was an attraction for you. But I just wonder what you thought about that as a member of the male species. No, I, I mean, <laughs> I think both are very important. Humor compatibility is, is a huge part of, I think, a well-balanced relationship. And if now this is for some for others, there's like one wacky partner and one like business partner. And that's fine, too, for some, if <laughs> that's what you're looking partner. for. But first of all, if women are funny and the men that they're with don't like that they're funny bye good riddance right. because that's a lousy partnership anyway why would you you know it'd right, be you're like looking for um, an audience instead yeah. of a scene partner i guess i don't even think you necessarily need to be a scene partner but you should just appreciate that you're with someone who makes you laugh if you like to laugh i think these guys probably just don't like to laugh they just only like to have input and that that speaks to a whole other issue going on in their heads where they're like i don't want output i only want input you know i don't know I don't know what's there, but to me personally, yeah, I would much rather have someone that I can laugh with and at and for and vice versa. Like, I, I, I no, I wouldn't be happy with someone who didn't laugh at anything I ever said. No, but I, mean, I also wouldn't either. be happy with someone who, you know, kind of dull and right. not even dull, but just like humor wasn't their thing. I guess it's just frustrating to feel that uh, not with you, but, you know, just casting my mind back to my youthful days of dating. Yeah. Um, that, you know, I thought, oh, well, this is like a, a trait that I find important and that I like about myself that I have. I think I'm funny. Yeah. So I'm trying to joke around and that dudes would be like, oh, that's a like there's a competition or something for who's funniest. I mean, and if I'm funny, it doesn't like it makes them less than. Yeah textbook insecurity 
Right. That's I mean, is. is that accurate? I mean, I don't know. You don't you don't have that problem. So I guess you're not the right person. Yeah. To ask, no, but... nobody's ever not laughed at me. I know. Right. Um. <laughs> yeah. You're just constantly <laughs> killing it out here. I mean, I've had some. Um... No, I meant you don't have a problem with with me being funny or no. a woman being funny around you. No, not at all. Um, most just... most of the people in my life are funny women. I know. I think that funny women are a delightful yeah. thing to have a party in your life. Yeah. Well, if you like laughing, then stay tuned. We're going to do an episode right now uh, that's going to have a lot of laughter in it, hopefully. I hope so, because, y'all, this is a weird one. This, I, I mean, it, it really fits the ridiculous moniker, I think. I, I really don't know if this is a funny story or kind of a sad one or something mm-hmm. in between. It's mm-hmm. a little slippery. Uh, it's a little heavy, but it's a little just That's like eye rolly, just like, what the hell am I listening to? Because uh-huh. this isn't history from a long time ago. This is a very modern story of love, love, mm-hmm. question mark, I guess. <laughs> um, it, at least it's a story of marriage. <laughs> This is the story of Ron Shepard from Somerton, England, who got so worn out after his eighth marriage that he had to retire and move into an assisted living home. Mm. But his story is going to lead us into a whole discussion about marriage and its meaning and what makes people so dang obsessed with it sometimes. So if you take this tune to be your lawfully bound theme song, then go ahead and say, I do. I do. Hey there, friends, come listen well. Eli and Diana got some stories to tell. There's no matchmaking or romantic tips. It's just about ridiculous relationships. A lover might be any type of person at all. An abstract concept or a concrete wall. But if there's a story worth a second glance, we'll put it in a show, Ridiculous Romance. A production of iHeartRadio. Ron Shepard is the UK's self-proclaimed most married man. Well, this guy has recently retired from the marriage game after his eighth wife. As Stephen Nolan from the BBC says, quote, That's two more than Henry VIII managed, same number as Elizabeth Taylor, and only one fewer than Zsa Zsa Gabor. Mm. Uh, who should all be subjects on our show by now? But we'll get, we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> but eight wives deep, Ron says he's done. He's throwing in the wedding towels. He's given up the ship. Uh, he's the, the relationship. Oh. Of course, he's folding like a cheap suit, <laughs> which, of course, we can assume he has at least eight. <laughs> well, as always, we have to dig back through history to get the full story here. So let's look at Ron's series of wives. Ooh, deep breath. <laughs> Ron was born in 1949. He had his first wedding in 1966 to Margaret. Oh. And all we know is that they had three kids together and then divorced after two years. Oh, wow. So they got right on it. I know, right? I'm like, was she already pregnant or did they just like snap, snap, snap? (laughs) Five years later, he married Jeanette in 1973. And this marriage only lasted one year. Daily Mail says Ron described this union as a, quote, business transaction. Oh, I really wish I had more information about too. that. Like, what was the what was this business transaction? I know, were they like exchanging tracts of lands between family? <laughs> England, who knows? She just wanted to be like written into the will or something. Right. I'm very confused. In 1976, Ron married Leslie. They had two kids together and he thought Leslie was for keeps. Yeah. That's the last marriage. He was really in love with Leslie. But... After five years, they started arguing a lot, and their marriage ended up falling apart. Oh, man. Sadly. See, that's why you got to be arguing the whole time. Oh, there you go. Then it doesn't feel like anything's any different. (laughs) No, I actually hate arguing. I know, me too. In 1982, when Ron was in his early 30s, he met an 18-year-old blonde named Kathy. She became wife number four. Oh, wow. I mean, uh, yeah, 18... Early 30s, classic uh, early midlife crisis, I guess. That does kind of, yeah, it does kind of sound like that. Uh, Well, they had another kid together. That is six kids for Ron, if you're keeping score at home. (laughs) Um, And they divorced after two years. And he said Kathy was a rebound relationship after Leslie. I mean, do you really marry the rebound? Ron doesn't know how to rebound. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I totally get like... I mean, 18 is too young, but I get like, you know, you get divorced, you go date someone way younger and then you realize before you get married that that's not going to work out. Right. Mm -hmm. I would think so. Yeah. But I guess he just like popped the question right away. 
Well, maybe at prom. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> he wanted to celebrate high school graduation, right? Oh, no. <laughs> Just kidding. Well, they got not. divorced when Kathy was 20, so she's still got her whole life ahead of her. Oh, gr- thank God. <laughs> <She's>... <laughs> well, after he got off the rebound with the two-year marriage to Kathy, he met Sue at a bingo hall in 1986. And this seemed like a much better match. I mean, Ron was in his late 30s. Sue was around the same age. And while he was, quote, not swept off his feet by her, they went ahead and got married and had two sons together. And this marriage lasted 11 years. So this seemed like a much more standard marriage. We're the same age. We don't really like each other that much. We had a couple of kids. <laughs> we don't really like each other. <laughs> the years so go let's by. Get it's Taylor's oldest time. I, I hope he in the right at the at the altar. He's like, Sue, you never swept me off my feet. Yeah, right. <laughs> but I guess I'll do it. And she's like, ah, oh, romantic. Well, in 1997, she, quote, threw him out. And mm. uh, honestly, of course, we only ever talk to Ron in these interviews. It's mostly tabloids like Daily Mail and the Mirror and stuff like that. I wish there was more information about why she threw him out, but we can only be left to speculate. Threw him out? Maybe he just said that to me. He was like, well, Sue, I'm really not very impressed by you. You don't do anything for me, but I'll see you after work. (laughs) Every time she says something, he's like, see, this is why you didn't sweep me off my feet. (laughs) Yeah, right. Back in 1986 at the bingo hall. So now that is five marriages and five divorces. For Ron, it was time to get serious, okay? He couldn't just keep... (laughs) doing these little trial marriages and stuff. Uh He had to find someone real. I mean, he had his teenage wedding. He got married very early when he was 17, 18. Mm -hmm. Uh, He had his business marriage, whatever that was all about. (laughs) What business? That one time he married Leslie. That was supposed to be for love. Right. Uh, Then he tried marrying a girl half his age. Mm. And then maybe he even tried marrying someone that he just wasn't that into. Right. (laughs) It's like he tried it all. What else was out there? <laughs> what makes a successful marriage? Ron has not figured out I've yet. literally tried everything at this point. Well, he had exhausted pretty much all the women in the UK, <laughs> so he decided that he was going to go look overseas. That's right. So when he was in Singapore, he happened to meet a little lady named Usha. And in 1999, of course, they got married. Of course. That's what you do when you meet a woman. You, you marry you her. You immediately buy a ring. And that marriage lasted four years. But this time, the divorce part was definitely Ron's fault. All right. Usha found out somehow that Ron had cheated on her while he was in Thailand. And Usha was like, hell no, I'm not taking that. That was the end of that marriage. Uh So she divorced him in 2003. Whoops. A year later, Ron married a Thai woman named Juan. Oh, my God. Although it, this is un, it is unclear if this is the same woman that he cheated on Usha with. This might right. be a completely different Thai woman that he met I think at another so, time. Because <laughs> it's not mentioned and I feel like he they would, would mention it. it. Yeah, yeah sure. he's not shy about the details. <laughs> right. Or if you were a good tabloid reporter, certainly oh, sure. that would be your first question. Right. And it'd be like, oh, a Thai woman. Is it the same one? Yeah. So probably not. A different Thai woman altogether. Well, Juan and Ron. Juan and Ron. Oh, my God. Perfect. Can you imagine the wedding invitations? It would have to be wanandron.com. Wanandron.com. Wanandron <laughs> at the not.com. <laughs> anyway, Juan and Ron moved to the UK together. But yeah, I guess Juan was just not a fan of like tea and biscuits and cold, rainy days. Because <laughs> she left Ron to return to Bangkok after only 10 months together. Mm, fair. So it's a very short marriage. Shortest yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's 2004. Ron has walked down the aisle seven times. Mm. And he has, I don't know what you say, the walk down the divorce aisle? Just as many. <laughs> I kind of think you should have a good divorce. There should be like, a, you have, I mean, technically you have to walk down the courtroom aisle, right? That's true. I don't know. You could have like a friend, like, you know, they could, the, actually the spouse, you should walk up the aisle together and they give you back to like your family. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, Just a re- literal reverse wedding. <laughs> That would be awesome. And then you can like terrible. You could do little the divorce trauma. <laughs> the trauma. Divorce vows. I mean, it vows. depends on how acrimonious this divorce they, is. They have to write vows, like reverse <laughs> vows. I promise to never call you after 10 p.m. I think that our life together leading up to this point, it's just like made me a worse person. And it's really made you a worse person, too. And I, I can't wait to grow into someone else without you. And then they have to say, I don't. I don't. 
I don't know. I feel like a divorce party would actually do pretty well. And yeah. then you could, it's kind of like you could have like, instead of getting gifts, you have like a yard sale. Where you, like, you have to give away. Everyone who comes gets something of yours. That's right. They get their blender back or whatever yeah. they gave you. <laughs> so he's been divorced seven times now. He's 55 years old. He just had his shortest marriage yet of 10 months to Juan. Something wasn't working here for Ron. No. But then he met Wang Platino, a 25-year-old woman from the Philippines. They met online just a few months after his divorce to Juan, and Ron flew out to the Philippines to meet her right away. The Daily Mail says they, quote, clicked instantly and went back to the UK to get married on the Isle of Wight in November of 2004. And y'all, this, this really seemed like it. Years went by. Year after year, their marriage continued. After 38 years since his first marriage, had he finally found the one? Oh, Ron. Now, in January of 2014, 10 years into their marriage, Ron said Wang was his, quote, true love and soulmate. And in February of that year, he was inspired to publish his autobiography about the search for love called The Lord of the Wedding Rings. Oh. Which is cute. <laughs> That's right. I'm trying to imagine the quotes. If, if, if he's just like, oh, yes, we've had a wedding once, but what about second weddings? <laughs> what, about <laughs> what about second third? What about 11 C's? <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> well, he told the BBC in an interview, quote, I believe marriage should be for life. I just didn't find the right person. And for what it's worth, um, in his audio interviews, he kind of sounds like uh, Wallace and Gromit. Uh, Wallace, I guess. Oh, my God. Really? <laughs> his accent. Yeah, it's kind of delightful. Oh, Ron. <laughs> well, he sounds like he might be kind of cute, like a cute older guy. <laughs> well, he says he does not regret any of his marriages, quote, because I have my eight children. So, you know, he got something good out of each of sure, them. Sure, sure. So while Ron is in this happy place, let's look at what he believes led him to kind of go through all these marriages, because he's just kind of been hopping in and out of the chapel for years now. And according to him, he really has been searching for true love this whole time. He says his parents were married for 61 years, and he always wanted something similar, Mm. that steady, that long. Yeah. But he did feel that he had hurt people in his process of getting married and divorce. He said in an interview, quote, I regret what I've done. I've been selfish. I've upset people. I've upset my children. But at the same time, they have forgiven me. Hmm. Now, ultimately, he says to the mirror that his constant search for love, quote, stemmed from sexual abuse he suffered as a child. Uh, See, the trauma that he dealt with left him, quote, constantly craving companionship. And his book, The Lord of the Wedding Rings, focuses heavily on this, too. The back cover of it says that, quote, he has hidden a frightening secret that ruined his childhood and blighted his adult relationships. Ron suffered years of sexual abuse at the hands of a family friend, a local businessman and respected counselor. Oh, man. Yeah. He said the abuser handpicked him at nine years old, quote, simply for being a child from a poor family. The guy would reward him with food and small amounts of money. Yikes. What a piece of shit. Yes, absolutely. And kind of get to understand sort of like why Ron has a different view of relationships than maybe most people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially nine years old. Like, yeah, the amount of things that you're not quite sure of and yeah. can be very turned away like I, I don't know you can just be shaped in such a crazy way that's really sad and because of this person's power over him and ron being you know a younger kid from a poor family in this small town and stuff he just he never said anything he didn't feel like sure. he could right uh, between the shame and the fear and retaliation all this stuff well he just i mean it says right there in the quote that it's a respected counselor yeah and and local businessman yeah. i mean that's exactly the kind of person who is so well poised to abuse people yeah. because they have a good reputation yep. it's going to be very hard for you to be believed people will think oh well they're successful so somebody is jealous or they're trying to get a payday or right. what or just be famous for a minute at the expense of this person's reputation and stuff so it becomes really hard to say to tell the truth yep. in de- 
I mean, and that's on top of the trauma itself, making it very hard to speak. Exactly. Because that's the, the trauma itself can take a, a many, many years to get through enough that you can talk about it. Right. And people really discount that. I really hate seeing that when people are like, oh, when I was 16 and they're like 50 now. And everybody's like, well, why didn't you say something then? Yeah. <laughs> like, you act like it's so easy and it's really not. Right. I mean, I'd like do something embarrassing. Like I, you know, open the wrong side of the can in the kitchen and I'm like, I'm not going to tell anyone that I did that. <laughs> this is between me and God. Yeah. I mean, you know, and I, I know that's kind of a silly comparison. Of course it is. But the idea being that like our brains do have something in them that are like, if you feel like you should be ashamed of something, you you lock it in. That's right. Right. That's right. So Ron said as a result of this horrible person in his childhood, he said, quote, I turned to women. I felt safe in the company of women. Mm. And after being silent for so long, he claims that Wang helped him face all of this past trauma and start to get over it. Oh, good. But sadly, this marriage with Wang did not last either. Within two years of these interviews, Ron and Wang were getting a divorce. But this time it was a little different. It ended in a restraining order and yet another fiancé for old Ron. Oh so we will come back with more about that right after these words. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. Welcome back, everyone. We are gathered here today to hear the story of Ron Shepard and his eight wives. <laughs> the eight wives of Ron Shepard. Well, it seemed, you know, like Ron and Wang were a happy couple. Ron had finally found the soulmate that he'd spent his whole life searching for. But in 2016, everything started to fall apart. Mm. Um, for his part, Ron was suffering from a growing number of health problems, right. um, including a diagnosis of Parkinson's and Lewy body dementia. Right. Which are alone two horrible things yeah. to deal with. And then together, you're like, Jesus. Um, and, like, we don't know specifically what happened that caused their separation, but we do know that after Ron and Wang separated, Ron started trying to win her mm -hmm. back. And maybe he was trying 
a little too yeah. hard. Because he sent her letters. He sent her presents. He sent her Facebook messages. He just bombarded her, trying to win her back, according to Metro. Yeah, and then Wang then filed harassment charges against him because all of this was just so much. He, like, really would not let up and not leave her alone, no matter how many times she said, no, Ron, you know, leave me alone. And that should be all you need to hear. Mm -hmm. Ron was arrested after she filed these charges. She said that she had to quit her church that she joined with him, where she had, quote, made true friends and I had to leave them all behind. Hmm. That's really inappropriate. I mean, to push someone to the point where they have to abandon part of their life because you just you're you're too in it. Yeah. Well, even after this arrest, Ron continued to pester her, she says. And then he moved into intimidation tactics, allegedly telling her, quote, it was 99 percent likely that the case would be thrown out. And she could be arrested for perjury. That's a threat. That's a straight up threat. You know, if you keep saying these things about me. I know, you'll be arrested. You'll be arrested. Yeah, that's real. I don't know. mm -mm, Yeah, we're getting, come on, Ron. We're getting a little far. And he did plead guilty in court to harassment. He got a 600 pound fine and a two year restraining order saying that he could not directly nor indirectly contact Wang. The district judge told him, quote, No matter your experiences of matrimony in the past, it seems you were unable to accept and give up that this is a relationship at an end. You won't be the first or last who's been unable to deal with the effects of a relationship breakdown. The way you conducted yourself did cause actual and real distress to Mrs. Shepard. I'm just assuming every judge in England is a Charles Dickens character. Oh, yeah. He had to put on his big powdered wig before he said any of this. (laughs) <laughs> for uh, the judgment full on haze in the room <laughs> from how much powder is coming off of that wig <laughs> speculation station speculation station <laughs> now Ron did say in response quote I would just like to apologize to my wife and apologize to the court mm. and it seems that he honored his restraining order their divorce did eventually go through um, so I guess I, mean, I don't know I guess he was just so into her and fa- he really thought that she was going to be the one but yeah. he just could not let it go. Yeah, he, he kind of like, snapped I gotta, a little. I gotta, like, persist. Clearly, you know? the guy's got issues with being with yeah. someone. It's yeah. very important to him. Right. Yeah. Now, we did find one tweet from Ron on this subject in his now inactive Twitter account, mm-hmm. where he told a friend, quote, Wing accused me of cheating in the media. She was cheating with her ex-fiance for four years when I got Parkinson's. Call Kettle Black. Wow. So she said that he had cheated on her. Yeah. M- maybe as the impetus for, for the divorce, right. maybe, or something. Right, yeah. And he's like, lady, I got Parkinson's. I'm, like, I mean, in a I'm wheelchair most of the time. I, not that someone in a wheelchair can't cheat on someone, but sure. he's, like, an old man who's, like, having a hard time physically moving through the world. He's not cheating on her. Yeah, he's like, I'm not he's going out to like, the bars every night <laughs> trying to, like, pick up some ladies. Right. Not that, again... Not that these circumstances preclude the possibility of cheating, sure. but it seems very unlikely. And the fact that he suggested pseudo privately, I mean, you know, it's Twitter, so it's not really, but he was just tweeting back to a friend who was asking how he was doing. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, what? She started cheating on me as soon as she found out I had Parkinson's. Mm, that's um, not a good look. No, it's not. And of course, who knows? But if we take it at face value, that sucks. Right. Yeah. Uh, He also then wrote on Twitter, quote, 13 years, then walked out on me for a better life when diagnosed with Louis body dementia. Mm. Crystal is very caring and loving. So, yeah, that's true. That's pretty cold wing for him to get, you know, a crazy diagnosis. And she's like, "Mm -mm, I'm going to be tied down with some sick man. And this is something for me that's really important in the marriage vows thing. And of course, there's all kinds of reasons that marriages can fall apart. But to me, I'm like, when you ask someone if you want to marry them, you've considered your whole life together and all the risks and possibilities that come with that. And that includes, Mm -hmm. you know, if you become incapacitated to the point where I have to care for you, I'd rather stay with you through that. Mm -hmm. And if you haven't really thought of that, then probably don't get married. Right. <clears throat> and it's a sad fact, I guess, statistically speaking, that more often than not, it's men who leave women who get diagnoses yeah. of, of terrible diseases. Yeah. Um, but it, 
either way, it's really cold because you're basically abandoning someone to like pain and possible death alone. Yeah. After they've given you p- probably the best years of their lives. Right. I don't know about Ron's best years, maybe, but, <laughs> but still, <laughs> that's just really sad and it would feel harsh. Like, I'd be like, you're a monster. <laughs> it's making me think of another famous shepherd, Jack Shepherd, from oh. from Lost. Oh. Uh, <laughs> and when his, he married Julie Bowen uh, b- because she was having uh, back surgery and he was her spinal surgeon and he was telling her fiance, hey, you know, she might never walk again. Mm-hmm. And her fiance is like, oh, whoa, is she going to need like help going to the bathroom and stuff? Right. And Jack was like, yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. And the guy was like, okay, bye. And then he just disappeared. And Ugh. then she ended up marrying her spinal surgeon who saved her. And she did end up being able to walk again. So that guy was extra dumb. Yeah, idiot. And she married Jack, which talk about a doomed marriage from the start. Because in episode six, okay, if you remember. Now, hang on. <laughs> Sorry. Hang on Sorry. now. That's not what this episode's about. Next podcast. Next podcast. <laughs> Different podcast. <laughs> Different podcast. But I do worry, like, when you hear about men who, like, won't change diapers or uh-huh. something because they're like, it's just gross. Yeah. I'm like, it, it is gross. Absolutely. But, I mean, one day your wife might need you to change her diaper. Really? You know what I mean? Like, that can yeah. happen to an adult. Yeah. And you have to be prepared. Absolutely. And if you're, you can't, won't do it for a tiny baby. How am I supposed to think you're going to do it for me? You know, or I don't know. I yeah. just wouldn't feel safe around somebody who felt like they couldn't ever clean up a mess like that. That's why I have dedicated our entire savings fund to replacing pieces of you one by one with bionic parts <laughs> so that eventually you're just an indestructible robot. My okay, dream. I mean, my that, dream. Woman. That's kind of cool. <laughs> I'll be a cyborg one day. Yeah. Right. Um, I hope I get like cyborg like cool tech. <laughs> oh yeah, you'll so totally like, have like a, a laser cannon in your arm. Awesome. Um, teleportation technology, uh, a food synthesizer. Ooh. Be nice. Maybe I'll finally know what it's like to see without glasses. Oh no! Actually, one oh, of the problems with the technology is that you retain your vision yeah. as it is now. So I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's the one thing I <laughs> yeah. can't do. I can fly from a jetpack on my feet. Sure, but I can't see no. ten feet in front of sorry. me without my glasses. But we'll get you some really nice glasses. Okay. Well, yeah. all right. As long as they're really nice. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure they look good. <laughs> all right. Well, anyway, back to Ron. Yes. Um. So, Ron is talking about how. Wang walked out on him when he was diagnosed with Louis body dementia, mm-hmm. and that's really cruel and mean. And then he says Crystal is very caring and loving. Now, who in the hell is Crystal oh. in the conversation? I've not heard her name yet. Well, if you thought that Ron's quest for love was over after Wang, then you have not been paying attention to Ron, my <laughs> friends. Come on. There's no way he gives up at this point. No way. Now, unsurprisingly, the story doesn't exactly get more romantic as it goes on. Mm. Um, Crystal Lalek was a 25-year-old woman from the Philippines. They, it's definitely Ron's in that, um, was it dazed and confused kind of mentality. <laughs> I keep getting older. They're always 25 or so. <laughs> I was going to say, he's in his Leo era. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, Ron had actually met Crystal years earlier when he was married to his seventh wife, Juan. That was the one who married him in the UK and then dipped back home to the Philippines 10 months later. That's right. Or to Thailand, right. rather. Yeah, she went back to Bangkok. Yeah. Um, now, at the time that they met, Crystal was only 16 years old. And apparently, Ron and Crystal and Juan hung out all the time. Hmm. It was like a local friend of hers. I don't know. Age gap. Weird. But <laughs> age gap. Weird. They lost touch and... After Ron and Wang's divorce started going through, he decided to look her up. When they connected, he flew to the Philippines to spend Christmas with her. And on New Year's Eve, he proposed to Crystal and she said yes. Because again, I mean, if you meet a woman, the next logical step is to propose to her. (laughs) You you celebrate the 12 days of Christmas (laughs) and then you propose. One of those five golden rings (laughs) is actually an engagement ring. Well... You know, nothing's ever easy in the marriage department for Ron, and this was no different because, you see, Crystal was actually already married. Oh. She said, though, she was totally going to divorce her husband. It's all about you, Ron. I'm going to move to England with you. So here's Ron, 69 years old, suffering from Parkinson's and other ailments, bringing this 26-year-old woman from the Philippines to England. 
And he told Mirror, quote, This one is real love. This is the last one, I promise. Oh, boy. And Crystal said, quote, I know what it looks like, but I am not here for a passport. I am not here to take advantage of Ron. Mm. Hmm. And apparently she also told Ron that they could not have a physical relationship before they got married because she was a committed Christian. Oh, okay, okay. They had to wait till marriage. And Ron said, quote, I respected that and hoped at least she would become my carer. But she just became more distant. Uh, she didn't get his jokes. She also did just didn't pay much attention to him. He said, quote, she'd just sit there taking selfies and I'd have to shout her name just to get her to look at me. God, you could just feel. I mean, you can see this happening so clearly, I feel oh, like. Yeah. That also makes me think her name maybe was not Crystal. I mean, <laughs> I feel like maybe she had a totally different name. She'd be like, who is he talking to? Well, they applied for a carer's visa to let her stay in the country. She would be, you know, his caretaker, basically, and was mm-hmm. would be allowed to stay. And then shortly after that, Ron said he probably should have realized something was wrong because she, quote, lost her engagement ring. Hmm. And then she just started going out at nights and making new friends. After her visa was denied, she went to Ron and said she had to go home to the Philippines for a week. She gave him a long look and then left. And when he checked her room later, all of her stuff was gone. She blocked him on Facebook, and a friend of his in the Philippines said that she was there dating someone else. Dang. Yeah, so, I mean, like, you know, we all saw this coming a long time ago. Right. Especially, like, I love unprompted. She's like, well, I know what it looks like. Right, but but it's I'm not not here for that. Well, I have to say, though, the fact that he was like, I hoped at least she would become my carer. It seems to me like he just wants a nursemaid, you know, like he's looking for a younger, energetic person to, like, take care of him. But he doesn't want to pay a nurse. He just wants a wife. Yeah. And he wants that to double as someone who's just, like, fully devoted in love to him. Right. Like, it's not somebody just comes in and makes sure he's doing all right. But it's someone who's just, like, Mm -hmm. uh, hanging on his arm also and curled up next to him when I watch TV or whatever it is that his kind of fantasy is. He's certainly like trying to craft a person that I don't think exists for him in this way. Or, I mean, maybe for anyone. Because I could also, like, maybe Crystal, you know, definitely... I don't know. I don't really believe this. But maybe she was like, I, yeah, I fell in love with a 69-year-old man, and I decided to come live in the UK with him. Right. But I don't know. If you're only 26 and somebody's like, hey, can you spend the next... 10 to 20 years of your life, I mean, cleaning up after an old man, and that's not something you wanted to do with your life, I could see kind of being like, actually, I don't think I do want to do that, you know, especially if you're not really in love. Definitely not. Um, And I think that's that's, a very hard thing to do is to be a constant caretaker for a person. I think that's kind of the split. Like, I, I, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say there's no one, there's no young person out there who's not truly in love with a much older person that they're taking care of. Sure. But yeah, I mean, it's unlikely. That Crystal's someone who was looking for like, you know what, I'll learn to love him. I'm going to curl up on his arm and look gaze lovingly into his eyes. And, you know, I know he's not here for much longer. I just want to give him the best life I can. You know, I don't know. There are people with that heart. Sure. I I don't know that Crystal is that person, but they definitely exist. Yeah. So, all right, Ron. Uh, Come on. Is that it, buddy? Are you throwing in the towel now? Mm -hmm. Have you you tried it? Surely... Crystal was like the last straw, like, okay, something's got to change here. Right. I'm 70. I'm good. You know that he's not good. You know he didn't (laughs) stop at this point. Ron's got a little more fight left in him. He said to Mirror, quote, as far as I'm concerned, I'm back on the market. I'm not going to say I haven't already had women contacting me. I don't know what it is about me. Women just seem to flock to me. I think it could be my natural charm and charisma. Although, I've got to be honest, after all this time, I sometimes think women could just be too much trouble, but I am determined not to die alone. I refuse to end up in a home, and I will find someone who will love me for who I am. Well, there's a lot to talk about in that quote right there alone, and of course we want to know if he's going to pull it off. Well, place your bets, and we will wrap up Ron's story right after this break. 
From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Welcome back, esteemed friends, family, Romans, countrymen, <laughs> to the, the final marriages of Ron Shepard. Well, at this point, after divorcing Wang and not marrying Crystal, Ron had spent 44 of his past 48 years married. Wow. He has 13 great-grandchildren, he thinks. <laughs> he doesn't really know, I guess. Yeah. His longest marriage was 13 years to Wang, and his shortest was with Juan at just 10 months. Mm. And he told Mirror in 2017, quote, The Tories should get me to negotiate Brexit. After all, how many people have had as many divorces as me? <laughs> Fair. All right. All right. Pretty good. Although I'm curious how those negotiations went in those divorces. He doesn't get into that. I don't, yeah, right? Like, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe they saw the terms and they were like, it's it's okay. We're good. Yeah, right. <laughs> we're already doing bad terms of this <laughs> all by ourselves. Just if, and if you're curious too, Ron was like a tour manager for a famous English celebrity. Like he, he had oh, okay. a he had a good career. Okay, I don't okay. think he was like super wealthy. Uh, nor do I think he was ever struggling. All right. Despite his many weddings and divorces, which I guess he had enough money for that. <laughs> well, anyway, at this point, he was not done looking for the perfect bride, and in 2018, he thought maybe Cupid had struck again when he met an American woman named Rose. Oh. Well, met isn't really the right word because he found her online. Um, She was 30 years old. Mm -hmm. They spoke through email. Mm. He said, quote, I know Rose is the one. It doesn't matter if we haven't met. As I can tell, we are the perfect match. Age is just numbers. And I don't care she's half my age. She's deeply in love with me. And I am with her. Yes, see, a girl aged 30 was just what Ron was looking for. Because you see, he told the mirror, quote, 30 is the perfect age because they're more mature. He said a lot of women were writing to him on Facebook, but they're all so young. But Rose, Rose is 30, right? Like she's she's grown up a little. She knows what she wants. And the thing with Rose is she just needed to finish her nursing school in Ghana. And then she would come to England to marry him. 
Okay. She messaged Ron first, and Ron points out again that, quote, because of my history, a lot of women have contacted me. He says that she never asked for anything from him, quote, but I have given her a few pounds for her gran. And I just, okay, y'all, all the red flags are going off. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's never spoken to this person in person. No. Uh, she reached out to him first. And his whole thing where he's like, all of his many marriages, well, especially his later few marriages, were very publicized in the right. tabloids. And then he wrote this book and everything. And he just put a big sign over himself that is like, I will marry younger women. Right? <laughs> so obviously, he's getting inundated with Facebook messages from profiles with pictures of young women. And he's a 70-year-old man. Mm-hmm. He's probably not great at discerning reality from fiction on social media. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he's got a big target on his back. Yeah. And, um, you know, obvi- you know, we have even talked about some uh, people who met online, particularly sure. during the pandemic. Yeah. And never met in person, but still fell in love. They got married. Absolutely. You know? But they also like video chatted with each other and they had met like each other's families right. and stuff like that. So there was a little more, I don't know, vetting right. <laughs> done. I'm not sure that he's talking to Rose in a way that he can like really vet that she is a 30 year old woman. And I don't think any of the people we talked about were young, hot Instagram models reaching no. out to 70 year old men from another country. Right. And I love that he says, I don't care she's half my age. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't know that Clearly. it's ever you I'm worried about, my friend. <laughs> like, I would rather he or she doesn't care that I'm twice her right. age. That that's makes more sense. Yeah. Well, fortunately, you can breathe a sigh of relief because Ron called off this supposed in-person meeting that he was going to go to at the last minute. Mm. He says he did anyway. He said that they were supposed to meet in person on a Friday and, quote, it didn't feel like the right thing for me to do. Yes, there it is. (laughs) Wallace. He realized Wallace or like a little bit of Higgins from from Ted Ted Lasso. Lasso. It kind of sounds like him, too. Mm, Love it. Such a great accent. Or who was he on Downton? Spratt. Spratt. Oh, the best. Incredible character. I love it. (laughs) Higgins from Ted Lasso was Spratt on Downton. If you did not know, it's one of my favorite dual roles for an actor ever. I know. Amazing. (laughs) It really shows his range. Yes. Uh, Okay, so Ron realized that he might not actually be in love with this girl, Rose. He said, quote, she was doing all the pushing. It didn't feel right in my heart. (laughs) He said she was upset, but, quote, couldn't take phone calls as she's in Ghana. Right. And Ghana has, you know, no phone I capabilities know, right? they, whatsoever. We've got a friend in Ghana that you talk to I talk regularly. To regularly. <laughs> <laughs> we and, talked recently, and, in fact. And in fact, from the U.S. to Ghana, y'all have a big time zone gap. Exactly. I think the U.K. and Ghana are not that far east and west of each other. So they're in the same... You can definitely take a phone call in Ghana. This is just, again, every red flag going off. Like, oh, I actually can't talk on the phone with you because I'm a (laughs) 42-year-old man. You know? My name is actually Brutus. (laughs) Right. I know. Yeah. That's, I just, I think that's just so funny that he's decided an entire country in Africa is incapable of taking or making phone calls. Right. (laughs) That's just really very sad. Oh, man. So Ron, you know, maybe learned his lesson (laughs) because just this past week in March of 2023, Ron Shepard, the UK's most married man, the Lord of the Wedding Rings himself, announced that he was retiring from marriage. Oh, finally. Whew. Smart. Yeah. Uh, He said he was moving to a care home. And he stated that the last 57 years of romance have, quote, worn his body out. Wow. Um, And, of course, his health is not great. Right. Um, His days now are very different. He's going to stay in a care home in the Isle of Wight to be closer to family. And he has care providers help him three times a day. Occasionally he gets out of the facility, but he's considering this, quote, a new chapter of my life. I think that's a good way to look at it. I think so, too. You know. Uh, and he says he's writing a second autobiography called The Wife Collector, huh. and claim, which I don't love the title. But anyway, he claims that it's already in talks to be a movie in the U.S. All right. Mm. Uh, well, and, you know, maybe. But also, Ron, buddy, I'm worried about people taking advantage of you. 
Okay. And someone trying to buy your rights for a movie is also big red flag. It's a big scam. Yeah. Well, fortunately, he said, quote, if I meet a nice lady in the care home, I think I'll just keep it as a friendship. Whew. Whew. I've eaten enough wedding cake over the years. I'm done with going up the aisle. There you go, Ron. All right. There we go. Ah, oh, man. I mean... What what is happening? <laughs> what how I, I I just couldn't figure out what was going on with Ron. I'm reading these stories, and again, they're all tabloids, right? Like no nobody's writing a research paper about Ron. There's not any like deep New York Times mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> deep dives into his life story. Right. It's just kind of like flashy headlines: the UK's most married man looking for his ninth wife, mm-hmm. kind of stuff, kind of setting him up for <laughs> put, putting a target on his back a little bit. True. You can see the tabloids being like, we can't wait for this one to fail so right. we can talk about you again. Yeah. And, you know, it got me wondering what what else is going on here? I mean, we've got his history, right? And right. it's totally rational. I believe in him having lifelong attachment issues because of the abuse that he suffered. But the guy just seems incapable of not being married. I mean, 57 years between his first marriage and right now. And he has been married or engaged to 10 different women for most of those years. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's not like he's some playboy who just keeps running around and getting divorced and cheating and screwing up or whatever. At least according to him, he was only unfaithful the one time with Usha. Mm-hmm. I imagine that Ron was probably difficult to be married to. Yeah, in you know, some way or in another. In some way or another. Um, and at least... At least some of these women, let's be honest, were definitely taking advantage of him. More than likely. I mean, that seems pretty clear. But what is up with him just going from one marriage straight into the next? I mean, there's often no time in but like this. Oftentimes a marriage ends and the next marriage starts within the same year, if not just the next year. Mm -hmm. Well, I found something that none of the tabloids seem to mention. It's called anuptophobia. And this is the irrational fear of not being in a romantic relationship. Huh. According to psychtimes.com, quote, people who suffer from this condition may experience very intense anxiety as a result of their fear of being alone. Hmm. Now, obviously, we can't, you know, just armchair diagnose Ron with having an optophobia necessarily, right. but it led us to finding it, and it made me really want to talk about it, and kind of, I, I presume this is kind of what he's dealing with. You could see it. I can yeah. see it. I, I know some people like that, too, where they're just like in the middle of a divorce and they start dating. And right. as soon as the divorce goes through, they get married. And then that yeah. marriage falls apart. And while they're getting the divorce, they start dating someone else. You yeah. know, like they're just never alone. And I do. I didn't think I didn't know about this phobia, but right. I definitely was like, there's something wrong if you can't be by yourself for a minute. Yeah. You know, do you hate yourself or are you just like what's going on? So I'm kind of it's interesting to learn about this. Anuptophobia, probably the very extreme version of this. But like, obviously, yeah, we know some people who who define themselves by their relationship. Um, and, you know, I think it's true. You've got to love yourself before somebody can really love you. Mm-hmm. Um or at least you've got to have a sense of it identity, helps. right? <laughs> it certainly helps. You've got to at least have something about you that makes you a full person in your own right, mm-hmm. you know, before mm-hmm. you just go define yourself by the relationship you're in. Right, because you get so codependent. Yeah. And that's not healthy. Right. So anuptophobia is this fear that kind of sticks in your brain and it makes you feel sure that you'll never find anyone yeah. you know, to be with. Um, even though actually the future is very unpredictable, you can never know <laughs> what's coming, but the fear kind of convinces you. Right. That's what they kind of the psychologists are like telling people like you, you see yourself dying alone if you don't marry this person. Mm-hmm. But that's you saying you can predict the future. Right. And you can't. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they're like, you know, even though you have no idea what's in store for you in this world, you start to get so certain that you'll end up alone that you just become like maybe a serial dater or a serial marrier. Mm. You're just constantly getting yourself into a partnership. Yeah. And, uh, you know, these marriages obviously might not work out because they're not really based on connection. They're based on fear, you know, or they're being really rushed into because you're just like anyone. I'll take the first person who says yes, because I I can't be alone for two months or whatever. Mm -hmm. And probably in Ron's case, it's probably a little bit of both. The fear and the rushing are happening all at the same time. 
Psych Times says that, you know, some people are genetically predisposed to develop mental illness. And in that case, a traumatic experience might trigger something like ineptophobia to develop. Oh, OK. Well, and that... of course, we know Ron had plenty of trauma. Exactly. So that makes sense. I yeah. mean, again, don't know if he's genetically predisposed and, well, to yeah. mental illness or anything like that. But well, it makes you wonder, too, if he's a nine year old and he's able to be in this the company of this older man. Yeah. Clearly a trusted member of the community right. and everything. But still, maybe he was alone a lot. You know, he just mm. wasn't just didn't have companionship a lot. Right. So maybe he was just like, if I if there's someone here, ironically, if there's someone here, no one can take advantage of me. I think he sort of references that it made him feel unsafe and that he felt more safe with women sure, than he ever yeah. did with men, which I think is part of it, too. And in his mind, and this is probably a whole culture of masculinity and stuff. If I want to be around women, that means it's got to be a romantic thing. Yeah, yeah. Being friends with a woman. Mm-hmm. Whereas like, <laughs> what's I'm, the point? I'm not comfortable amount around men as much as I am around women because I think I had mostly women growing up mm-hmm. in my life and mm-hmm. things like that. And I've, you know, a lot of my best friends are cis men, of course, but um, but, but the majority of my friends are women, but it, but at the idea of being romantic with most of them, you know, I left that behind a long time ago, <laughs> but we don't need to get into my psychology. That's a whole other episode yeah. for somebody else's podcast. <laughs> they break down the ridiculous romance of me yeah. and you. Uh, well, anyway, if someone does have something like an eptophobia, the treatments include talk therapy and exposure therapy mm. and anxiety treatments. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I guess all of those things together, probably not just one yeah. at a time. Well, I imagine, uh, you know, exposure therapy, that kind of sort of thing where they would, you know, somebody who's like, break up, break up, break up, break up. Mm-hmm. And they'll say, why don't you just stay single for a while? Like that can be really healthy for you. But right. obviously, if that's giving you panic attacks, that's something that has to be dealt with separately. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, of course, looking into aneptophobia led us to the other side of it, which I'm sure a lot of us are familiar with as well, gamophobia, the intense fear of even the idea of being in a committed relationship. Mm. And, you know, I want to say like, oh, I've known people like this. I've been like this a little in my life. But this isn't just being cautious or indecisive or even so much just like, oh, I've got a fear of commitment. This is like irrational and intense, like Uh people taking extreme steps to avoid committing. And we're talking chest pain, dizziness, hyperventilating, trembling, you know, just from the suggestion of like, let's go steady. You know, let me give you my pin. And they like, they're like, why is it 1954? And then they have a panic (laughs) attack. They like fall over. (laughs) Damn. But uh, no, according to verywellmind.com, people will break up with others very easily, like drop of a hat, Mm -hmm. or they'll refuse to date altogether. Hmm. They said people with this condition can still get into relationships, but as soon as that next level is suggested, they just kind of go off the edge. So oh. it's really tough for things to get serious. Huh. I wonder yeah. what that's about. Because, I mean, the ineptophobia makes a little more sense. Mm. I mean, in an un, in a nonsensical way, I guess. Right. As it, since it's not a it's irrational fear. But um, it makes a little more sense in that, you know, oh, I need someone with me. I need mm. to feel like someone gives a shit if I live or die. Like, yeah. that's a very normal uh, fear than to die alone and be eaten by your dog or something. Um, <laughs> so I just wonder what where this comes from, where you're like, I can't I can't even date somebody without losing my mind. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I'm no geologist, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's an old meme. So it's just for anything I'm not an expert in. Oh, um, no. And I did read that, you know, it's it's triggered very similarly. It can be brought up by trauma mm-hmm. uh, or lifestyle. Any number of factors can give someone this condition. Mm-hmm. I think for some people who are very much kind of linearly focused, like I've got this future in mind, I've got the way I need things to be, mm-hmm. and I don't want to disrupt that. And it's terrifying if I'm if I can't predict what's coming or what my life will be like in a few years, Mm. you add a factor in like a committed relationship, which is chaotic. It's random. You know, now you've got two lives that you're balancing at once. I could see how that would be terrifying if you were someone who was already scared of not knowing what's coming. Well, I guess I can see, yeah, like a similar trauma being like, well, now I can't have anyone around me because I had somebody you know, who I was supposed to trust or who was supposed to love me or supposed to take care of me Mm -hmm. or whatever treated me poorly so now i can't trust anybody will actually love me and if i let them in maybe you know maybe that is 
is allowing them the space to hurt me. Oh, definitely. I could totally definitely that that's going to be an issue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we dated for six years before we got engaged. That's right. Um, and I think that leans a little on my side more than yours. Um, I know we talked about it like what around year three or four mm-hmm. or something, and I know that I personally wanted to wait longer, right. not wanting to or not feeling like we should, but mm-hmm. just out of like I just if I don't have it in my heart that says like yes I want to do this, then it's disingenuous, right? right. Um, and that's kind of how I always felt about it. it. Was like if I if you say like yeah sure like it's not like. Um, you know, let's go see a movie. Like, yeah, I don't really want to see it, but sure, we'll go see it. And then it's bad and you're fine. But if you don't, if you haven't considered all those things, I mean, like I said earlier, like if you're not like, oh no, I have considered every option. Mm -hmm. I know that our lives together are now entwined and I'm not going to say, I promise all these things unless later I feel like maybe I don't want to do those things. I just think those answers are really important. Mm-hmm. And some of that surely is embedded in some sort of like unpredictability. I think that's probably the the closest that I came to something like this. Where it's like, I don't really want to not know what's coming. I kind of have a loose plan mm-hmm. and this might throw it all out of whack. Um, but again, that's so different from panic attacks, chest pain, hyperventilating right. at the concept of, well, let's date exclusively, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Right. Yeah, that's interesting. I definitely got impatient with you, I guess. You did not. um, Because I was like, I I think I felt the same way you did. I was like, it needs to be a resounding, like, I would like to spend my life with you. I don't want it to be some reluctant. I had to drag you into it. Right. Freaking like send you, drop you hints where I sent you pictures of engagement rings or some shit. Yeah. I'm like, no, if you don't want to, then I'm not trying to... uh, hear that <laughs> right, right. <laughs> i think you should really want this uh-huh. um but i think i did get a little insulted that it took so long wow to want it wow so i feel like we did have a little fight after a wedding once where i was like well that was nice one day i'll maybe have that maybe not <laughs> wait after our oh after a wedding a wedding god a i thought you after our wedding i was like but you got it no i know that that, <laughs> that was great we didn't fight after no that. after a wedding <laughs> yeah sure sure i mean well but i also i remember even thinking like i'm having this feeling of like Ugh, why aren't we getting married you know and i really thought about it because i was like do i want to get married right. or is it just like i feel like there should be another step yeah. that we have to undertake yeah. or this is what people are expecting and so we need to do it uh-huh. or whatever and I do feel that once we got married, there was definitely like this set, this sense of like, I feel so solid, you know, like yeah, there's sure, now sure. there is no there's it's a lot harder to to untangle our lives. So we have definitely decided this is what we want and this is how we're moving forward. But there was also something kind of nice when we were together for so long. And it was like, you can leave at any time and you don't. Yeah. You know, and I don't. Yeah. So there's clearly. And I think that was part of the, I don't know, part of the impatience, too, was like, well, we already know. It's already been six years. Like, yeah. what are, you know, what are we waiting for? So I don't know. It was a lot of, like, questioning, like, what's the social cultural programming that I have that is definitely in me, <laughs> whether uh-huh. I like it or not? Uh-huh. And what is my true emotion about this and yeah. my true feeling about this? And it's very hard to parse those out sometimes. It but. is. I mean, there's times I still think that I'm like, marriage doesn't matter necessarily, in in the ways that it used to marriage is obviously very different now than it used to be and yeah at six years even if we hadn't got engaged i would have assumed that we were in it for the long haul you know and Mm -hmm. and i think one thing about marriage especially maybe this is even more something of a conversation in an early like maybe a two-year relationship or something where it's like hey when things get tough are we gonna work through it are Mm -hmm. we gonna tell ourselves now while things are good that we will work through it when things get tough, uh, right. that we are here together and big life decisions are something we're going to make together. Things like that. All the stuff that comes from from right. marriage in terms of the complicated stuff. And I'm willing to make your priorities my priorities. Yeah. And you're willing to make my priorities your priorities. And if you end up, you know, incapacitated in such a way that you need someone to care for you, am I that person? Yeah. Can uh, I that wipe kind your of, ass? Yeah, yeah. All those questions Marriage is a way to kind of lay it all out and be like, yes, officially, let's say that yes. Mm -hmm. And I think you can have that conversation without the institution, the corporate world of weddings that are really just about 
flash ceremony and money. And then there's, you know, there's the legal component too, um, which also kind of comes down to property and money. And that's a whole other thing. But I, I, I mean, don't not think unimportant, you, but not unimportant, but I don't think that you need that to live a committed life together. Mm-hmm. But it's also the best party we've ever had. Uh, <laughs> the most amazing trip of our lives mm-hmm. we got to take afterwards. And I similarly, yeah, I'm glad we did. And I and I you do feel a sense of like, well, that's settled. Nothing's left mm-hmm. ambiguous at this point. Right. And I, I think, too, there was probably a question in my mind like, oh, he doesn't want me, you know. Right. Which is crazy. I know it is. But You're crazy. And that's <laughs> one thing a husband really needs to tell his wife <laughs> pretty often is that like you're crazy. And if you think something's wrong, you're making it up in that crazy woman brain ears. This is why we put no romantic tips <laughs> in the theme song, because Eli gives terrible advice. Um, <laughs> Fellas, is your wife Fellas. acting crazy? Make sure you let her know as often as possible. She'll thank you for it. Um, no, but I mean, you know, and I, d- I never I, I didn't think you were going to cheat on me or something. Right. But, I, you know, I just had the, there was always a little question of like, oh, he's trying to keep a door open. You know what I mean? For a reason. Oh, yeah, There's yeah. a reason he wants a door open. Yeah. You know, and. um, Yeah, because you know, if I win know. the lotto, you know, that's mine. <laughs> now it's ours. <sighs> sorry, babe. Yeah, you have to give right. me some of it. Well, I would love to hear your marriage stories, uh, whether you've been through a bunch of chaotic ones mm-hmm. or whether you just did what we did and just made sure, made really <laughs> sure <laughs> and then married for just the absolute joy of it. Please let us know whatever you got or whatever you thought about this episode. If you got a hot take on Ron and his <laughs> many wives, I'd love to hear that too. And we'll read them out on a later episode. Or ineptophobia or gam- yeah, gamophobia yeah. if you experience it or you know someone or Definitely. you just have an opinion or yeah. whatever. Shoot us an email. We're ridickromance at gmail.com. Right. Or we are also on Instagram. I'm at Boom, And I'm at, oh, great, it's Eli. And the show is at Romance. Stay tuned for another fun episode next week. Thank you so much for spending your time with us. And we'll catch you at the next one. Love you. Bye-bye. So long, friends. It's time to go. Thanks for listening to our show. Tell your friends, neighbors, uncles, and aunts to listen to our show, Ridiculous Romance. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.